Blessings fam, you know who it is. It's Bryant the Theological Giant. We got a great episode lined up for y'all today. Joining me on today's episode will be Andy, a.k.a. Young Nassau County. And we'll be talking about the doctrine of the image of God and how it is the foundation for the pursuit of justice in society. But before we jump in, I do want to make an important announcement. Uh, you'll notice that Rich the Husband and Danny the Creator are not on today's episode. And that is because both of those gentlemen had to take a step back from the podcast because of time constraints. But do not let your heart be troubled. You will be hearing from them again on future episodes, just not as many. Uh, it's important to note that City Image has always been a collective. We've always been about bringing new voices to the table. And moving forward, you will be hearing some new voices and some not so new ones. Uh, it's been a long hiatus, but I'm proud to report that City Image is moving forward full strength. We back, baby. All right, we're on. You can ride all day long. <laughs> this is City Image. What, you thought y'all was going to see us again? Nah. We are here. City Image lives. City, 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 city image. City, 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 city image. Live. City, 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 city image. City image. City, 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 city image. Buddy. City, 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 city image. City image. City, 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 city image. City, 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 city image. City, 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 city image. I love city image. All right, guys, welcome back to welcome back. City Image. Um, we're talking the image of God and its foundation for uh, justice issues. And I think, of course, we want to give a foundation for what, what is the image of God. And when we talk about that, uh, what exactly does that mean? And so I'm just going to quote, I think, a very popular theologian talk to him brian <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> everybody's got their their spots you know but. uh well, wayne grudem in the systematic theology little wayne grudem louisiana the way he describes the image of god i like it very succinct he says the fact that man is in the image of god means that man is like god and represents god yeah, and so basically the way Grudem lays it out, the way a lot of theologians lay it out, just to break it down for all of us, what does that mean that we're made in the image of God? Basically, the fact that human beings are made in the image of God means that we share God's likeness and represent him in all sorts of ways. So, I mean, the Bible lays out how we reflect him in intellectual ability, moral judgment, moral purity, spiritual nature, uh, the way that we manage the earth and our lives, creativity. Uh, the ethical choices that we make, all that ties into that. Yeah, definitely. We also represent God, right? Um, we represent his rulership on the earth. He gave us dominion over the earth. Uh, the technical term for that is vice regents, right? So we rule in place of God uh, as his managers of creation. Uh, and so we have dominion over the earth. Yes, God still has dominion over us, but man was meant to rule over the creation and to take the raw materials we see in creation and create and and make that into a coherency that's where we have 
cultural progress and, and that sort of thing and uh, technological progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all of this progress is a reflection of the image of God kind of working itself out as we live lives in creation. But yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, in terms of all that, we're going we're gonna to kind of hone in on a specific aspect of this idea of people being made in the image of God. And as Brian laid out, we're going to talk about how it relates to justice and how the image of God relates to the fact that people have an inherent worth and value. And so just to make it kind of practical, pretty early on in, in Scripture, in, in Genesis 9, um, the, the, very, the express reason, the very rationale why Scripture says that killing another human being is a high crime is because people have inherent worth based on the fact that they're made in the image of God. Um, and so, I mean, pretty early on in Scripture, it's saying like human beings have a special value and worth because of this fact. Yeah, the reality is that because we are made in the image of God, we are imaging something of supreme value, right? God is the highest good, right? The highest value, the highest value is is placed upon God himself. And so because we are in some ways derivative of that, like we are in his image, that means that we ourselves have this intrinsic value uh, that is given to us because we have been made like him. And there's no, no other creature in creation that shares this, uh, this, this specific sort of intent by God. Uh, that There's no other creature that has been made like him. Uh, and so one way I like to think about that is when a ruler, a king, makes a statue in his image, right? And all people are to honor that statue, kind of bow down to that statue, whatever the case may be. Um, and if someone were to deface that statue, someone were to disrespect that statue, uh, there would be consequences of the highest order, right? Uh, because even though that statue might just be made out of clay or whatever the case may be, the fact is it is imaging something of supreme value. And so therefore it has been given to it intrinsic value and worth. So it's not a perfect analogy, but I think it kind of communicates this idea that we have been, we are imaging something of supreme value. And so therefore in an analogous kind of way, not in the exact same way, but in an analogous kind of way, we've been given a high level of value and worth ourselves. And just looking at what scripture says, uh, with that again, I love James 3 uh, verses mm. 9 where it says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Mm. And that so, cuts. <laughs> it cuts deep. It cuts deep, man. James cuts deep, man. Yo, he cuts deep. I love James. Sometimes because as Christians, we can become so theological and so theoretical, you know, maybe we can exist in the mind of Paul Mm -hmm. theoretically. James like, no, your works, your works. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And so it cuts real deep to how we're actually living our lives out. Yeah. So how does James three open up that idea? Once again, make it practical about this idea of the image of God. Yeah, man. So I I think um, it's interesting because. One, if you think about the idea first of just cursing, right, that that seems very small and very minute, like, okay, I curse somebody or whatever. But the value of human beings are so important as such that even you 
disrespecting someone with your words is seen as a violation of uh, is seen as a sin against God. Mm. Why? Because we've been made in God's likeness, right? And mm-hmm. so, imagine how much more things like if I if I stole from you or physically hurt you or harmed you or or something like that, right? I mean. Just our words in and of itself and the way that we talk to people, is a vi- it can be a violation of yeah. the value that God puts on human beings, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's a, and it's a matter of hypocrisy, too. Yeah. He's saying if, if, you turn around, if you say you love God, if you're praising God, you're singing worship songs, yada, 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 then you turn around and you're violating a human being. Yeah. You don't really mean, you don't really love God. Exactly. Like it's exposing the hypocrisy in yeah. your heart. Right there, because an extension of loving God is loving who He made in His image, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. God has put value, so it's almost like the reverse of that is true. When you attack human beings, you attack God, yeah, right? Because God has put human beings in His image, and so it is an assault on God to do this. And so we cannot say we love God, but we disrespect His image. Mm-hmm. by disrespecting people. Yeah. You cannot do that. It is disrespect to God. Uh, so it's a contradiction to bless God with your words, but, but with your tongue, curse human beings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So what are some ways you feel like, like the church ignores this? That's a good question, man. I think number one, uh, well, not, 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 not I, I don't want, when I say number one, I mean one way in which it, that happens is the, belief that dealing with justice issues is kind of opposed to the gospel, right? Or something that is secondary, tertiary, yeah. right? Or distraction. A to, distraction yeah. to the preaching the gospel. Yeah. And because um, certain, because we've seen, and we have to be honest, an over- emphasis on justice issues to the point where the proclamation of the gospel has taken a backseat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes Orthodox Christians, evangelicals, whatever term you want to use, have gone in the opposite direction and Over said, a line. Yeah, and said, well, because all they ever talk about is justice and they don't care about the historic Christian faith and preaching that, we're going to focus on preaching it and justice issues kind of take a, a back seat, right? Um, and there are entire theological systems that have been put together that talk about the fact that justice is something or, or cultural transformation and, and, and dealing with justice issues is something that the church should not have as a part of its mission. Mm. And those ideas I, I disagree with, but I think that's there, right? This idea that, well... You know, the earth is perishing. Jesus is coming back anyway, right? Kind of like what Paul was dealing with the Thessalonians, where they just wanted to stop working and just wait for Jesus. Um, in some ways, people, some Christians just are not concerned about the fact that people are suffering. We're just going to wait for Jesus. Jesus is going to come back. He's going to make all things right. And that's basically it. And so because they have this truthful idea that we cannot totally eradicate injustice because of the fact that there's a sinful world. I think it sometimes leads to this idea that we won't do anything about it at all. Yeah. Right. Because, well, because we can't fully get rid of it. There's always going to be evil. So we'll just wait till Jesus comes back. And I don't think that's 
where scripture wants us to go. I mean, obviously we recognize that in this age, we'll never create a utopia where there's perfect justice in all areas of society. But because we cannot create a perfectly just world in this life, we should not therefore conclude that we do nothing, right? Because we can create levels of sort of alleviation and levels of of, of freedom. People people can experience their God-given rights to to um, live well and not be oppressed um, in 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 some level of way anyway. Uh, and so it's not worth coming to the conclusion that I'm not going to do anything about it because I can't totally eradicate it. Yeah. Yeah. To- and to- as you said, totally goes against the grain of, yeah. of scripture. Um, and then another place I think where you see this happening is it's not being totally ignored, but you see various groups of Christians uh, being selective. Yeah. As to who they're going to be concerned about in terms of them being made in the image of God and being owed justice. Um, and so why don't, you, why don't you lay that out for us? So, yeah, I, I think you're right, man. There's, there's a level of selectivity <laughs> that, that happens uh, when it comes to justice issues. Um, and, I, and I say this to both, you know, my conservative politically conservative brothers in the faith and my politically liberal brothers and sisters in the faith that sometimes we become beholden to our political parties and political ideas. And when we check the box of Republican or Democrat, whatever Democrat, whatever justice issues that they're concerned about, this is what we become concerned about. So if you're a liberal that is like, okay, well, I care very much about the poor and I care about mass incarceration and I care about women's issues. And, you know, if I'm a Republican, then I care about abortion and I care about preserving the family. And anything on the opposite aisle is seen as the enemy. It's seen as kind of wholesale advocating for a particular party and you know, we want to see the other side lose or whatever the case may be. And so we disregard the fact that there might actually be justice issues on both sides of the aisles that need to be fought, fought for. There might actually be so-called justice issues that you think is correct because that's what your political party says advocate for. And it might actually not even be tr- worth advocating yeah. for. Yeah. Right. So we have to think through not everything that calls itself as a, just, a justice issue is actually a justice issue. And just because people who we may not be politically aligned with and we don't want to see their ideologies go forth, that doesn't mean that they're wrong about everything. Right. It doesn't mean that they have, they don't have a, correct perception on some issue that needs to be talked to and people on both sides of the aisles do this yeah and ironically i mean because you just said it before because a lot of the times the church doesn't talk about issues related to this people people are seeking out answers no matter what and so now their view of justice is animated by their political party it's animated by and and inevitably inevitably that's going to put that's going to put your the spectrum of, of, of how you live out the image of God uh, in a box. Yeah. Um, it's going to leave some people out of that. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, 
you know, for instance, for me, race issues is, you know, as a black male, race issues is uh, something that a very, it's a very important topic for me. And it, it burns my heart that all of the theologians that I've read or read in seminary, not only did they not talk about race issues, but they had very unbiblical views of race. Um, and so I know friends and I know even myself who was kind of traumatized, you know, we're traumatized by the fact that people who we consider to be intellectual heavyweights of the Christian faith did nothing or even worked against the cause of this particular justice issue. And so now in order for us to rightfully deal with these issues, we've got to come from secular thinkers who have oftentimes done a way better job, not to say that all of their ideas are correct, they certainly isn't, but they've often done a way better job of articulating the pain, the suffering, and articulating uh, ideas about justice concerning race issues, right? And so this looks, like you said, it it leads to us looking t- for other ideologies to give answers to these questions because it's a very felt and very real oppression that in this particular case uh, is felt by minorities, but no one in the church is talking about it mm-hmm. in a robust way mm-hmm. right or very few i mean we've, we've started to have thinkers now that have come forward and have begun to do this but historically speaking it's been very selective it's been very selective right yeah. so yeah. yeah that that level of picking and choosing what justice issues i'm gonna strive for has has been problematic so i just want to give a shout out to the and campaign i mean i know the and campaign you know has been a, an organization that's tried to think past simply left and right and don't hear me saying, because I know some people are like, oh, well, you're trying to say that, the, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with some of the ideas on the, I, I think there are, I think there are wrong ideas yeah. that need to be opposed. Um, but I, I think an, another thing I wanted to say, though, is, you know, people might be saying, well, I, you know, I think this is a justice issue, um, but some of the other things that other Christians might say are justice issues I don't agree with right like I don't I don't agree that race is still a thing or the abortion issue oh, I see that but you know it's, it's very complex and you know I don't know we should be fighting for that and and that sort of thing and I we could, we could do a whole nother podcast on this but the only thing that I want to say is that kind of like what um, Andy was saying before um, we have blind spots, all right? We, because the image of God has been marred by sin, um, we are going to not always have our ethical proclivities, right? I don't want those, you know. <laughs> we're not going to always reason correctly when it comes to ethical issues. And we have cultural blind spots. We have moral blind spots because sometimes our desires overpower what we know is right to do. And so we have to be willing to listen to people. It's so key. We, we should be humble enough to say, you know what? I might not see that this is something that I need to look and think about, but let me at least really give critical thought to this and not just dismiss what other people have to say. Because even 
though people may come to wrong conclusions when it comes to justice issues, because like I said before, not everything that calls itself a justice issue is a justice issue. And some people might come to wrong conclusions. Sometimes even under those wrong conclusions, there can be truth. Mm. There can be something there that is worth picking up on. Listen, when people say they're oppressed and they, and they start marching about it and, you know, acting real serious about it, the reality is there's probably something going on. Like people aren't, people don't like to be oppressed. Yeah. People don't just like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I think it, it takes a measure of humility to say, what could I possibly be missing here? And I think that takes, like I said, ha- having real dialogue with people and entering into their lives, broadening your own perspective when it comes to whatever brand of justice you feel like you can subscribe to the most. Yeah, yeah. And and I just looked it up, and proclivities is a word. Um, it's, it sounds like a word that E40 made up, but it's actually a real word. Oh gosh, I, oh. I couldn't think of a. I, I knew as soon as I said it, like uh, proclivities, really Bryant. I just couldn't think of another word. So so I mean, long story short, uh, it, you know, it, it, it's it could be chaotic to process uh, justice issues. It could be chaotic to figure out what what should I care about, how should I care about it, but. If you're looking for a great place to start, it's this doctrine of the image of God. Beautiful, I love it's, that. It's, it's a great place to start, and um, and and you know there is, um, it's it's a good litmus test too, as to what is animating your care for justice and your care for the world. Um, you know, there's this K, there's this song that KB just came out with, and and there's this line in it. Uh, he says, "Yes, I love my neighbor more than I love his papers." Yes, I love the kingdom more than I love my nation. Yeah. Yes, I love my neighbor more than I love his papers. Okay. And he's obviously talking about, um, you know, the immigration issue, which is is talked about every single day, you know, in our country, and is dealt with every single day, and is um, and is is an issue that is affecting a lot of people. And as complex of an issue as that is, that line just goes to the bare bones of it, where if you really believe that these people documented or not are made in the image of God, then at the very least, you're going to be seeking a way for a holistic solution for them so that they could flourish. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and th- that's a complex issue Yeah. that not all of us and many of us are, are ill-equipped to, to, to think through. But if that line offends you or if that line makes you upset, then it's kind of a litmus test. Okay. Maybe, Maybe what's animating my justice is something other than scripture or something other than this very core issue that people are made in the image of God and have inherent worth and value and should be treated as such. Exactly. So just getting real specific, you know, you might have different views on immigration, but I think we have to actively oppose separating children from their parents, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like what Donald Trump wanted to do, right? It's like... There are certain limits that's just like, no, this is a violation. Of dignity. This is a violation of dignity. This is, you know, causing trauma and hurt, right? Um, How we deal with illegal immigration is one thing. And I think there are some justice issues that we can talk to there. But one thing we can't do is say, now we're going to cause harm and kind of disguise that as as justice, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. hard justice. No, that's actually harm. Yeah. It's causing trauma yeah. and it's completely and utterly unnecessary and ungodly. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah, the image of God gives us a parameter to think through our justice issues because honestly, we may not ever come to a conclusion on what's right to do, but we can avoid certain very wrong conclusions mm. that historically we've gotten into just by consistently remembering this doctrine, right? Going into the front, yeah. And it, it gives us it gives us a framework, but it also gives us great resources. And we're talking about human rights every single day. We are talking about justice issues every single day. You scroll down your newsfeed and every other post is about a justice issue. Um, every other post is, is really down to a question of human rights. And everyone's in on this conversation. In the culture, in, inside, outside of the church, in our society. But it brings up a great question. Why, why do people say human rights exist? If you, if you go up to the average person on the street... What would they say? Has it, have we really thought out this idea? And it might seem like an irrelevant topic because a lot of people would say, okay, well, human rights are just self-evident. Right. Um, but practically, that's not a really strong argument. And, and I would say, just not to cut you off, but yeah, historically, <laughs> human rights have not been self-evident. No, no. <laughs> I yeah. mean, we just see very clearly, I mean, most of us would realize that the Holocaust was appalling, but there was an entire government that did not think so, yeah. and an entire culture that looked the other way mm -hmm. while it was happening, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think sometimes we, we don't want to ever fall into the, well, it's self-evident, we don't have to think about where human rights come from. No, historically, there are, very clear examples of it's not always been self-evident yeah yeah and so just just to kind of get to the definitions real quick we're talking about and this is nicholas wolsterstorff he's a philosopher he you know lays out human rights as the right not to be killed tortured defrauded or abducted uh not by virtue of being a particular race or gender or being of a certain moral character or being able to contribute to society and the economy uh, we have rights simply by being a human being so some people may be far better human beings than others in various respects, but all are equally human and therefore share these rights equally. So it's, it's this idea of unconditional rights. Where do unconditional human rights come from? And if you get into kind of on a more academic level, it just why, why do people say human rights exist outside of people say if you push God out of out of that definition, you know, the average answer will be because because we have a certain capacity. We, 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 we're able, like what, like, what is the difference between a human right and an animal and why do human rights have different rights than animals, right? And it, it really comes down to capacities. We are able to do certain things. We're able to process and experience certain things. Um, therefore, you know, it's, it's just the best intuitive answer that people could give. And that might sound okay or plausible, but that's a short road from that to basically human rights being conditional yeah and only existing for a certain class of people yeah. only existing for a certain race yeah. or certain ethnicities or whether certain people yeah. have certain documentation or not well, whoever we perceive to be the most advanced gets the most mm -hmm. rights <laughs> yeah if you're gonna actually go ahead and flesh that out in real time at the end of the day if you take this idea of people being made in the image of god and having inherent worth and value that doesn't it's not conditional upon anything about them. Ultimately, it's really just who's in power. They get to define who has human rights. And that's what it comes down to. 
you know, someone who did a great job of processing this and who was probably the most effective at actually standing up for human rights in our time was was Martin Luther King. And at the core of the way that he processed and expressed human rights, uh, it had nothing to do with capacity. It had nothing to do with, with some sort of abstract idea of freedom. But he, he called out power and said, look, black people are mainly the image of God. And, and, and there's a law higher than the law that you're putting is Jim Crow law that you want to that you want to kind of oppress people with that says that that's true. Right. And, and, and so he called out power and had great resources to do it, which, quite frankly, I don't really feel like that's, that's pre- like we don't have those resources anymore to do that. And it's very difficult to make a moral argument against power um, that's violating people's human rights without that. So, like, to, to, to bring this to Earth, to, to bring this back to, like, the practicals. Bring it to Earth, not Mars. To not bring it to the moon <laughs> or even some other planetary object. Um, there, there's, this, uh, there's this pretty interesting theme, this pretty interesting trope, if you will, in the media and how the media covers victims of murder uh victims of crime uh victims of of you know getting deported if if those victims are are black and brown and and a lot of media critics are 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 talking about this and shout out to citations needed did a really good job of documenting this but it's called the perfect victim um one example of kind of where we're where i'm going with this is uh last year right um saint patrick's day 2017 a white supremacist drove from baltimore to new york with the express intent of killing a black person and he murdered uh 66 year old timothy kaufman what was really interesting was after this murder happened and this dude literally killed him walked to the police and just like turned himself in admitted to the crime and the way that the news covered this so the daily news in reporting this actually went ahead and talked about timothy kaufman who is the victim talked about his 11 prior arrests and um the new york post right so so here again both both sides of the aisle reporting on this right talked about how this dude after he got stabbed came into the police precinct and was quote combative with the police so you know in terms of how they covered this and i mean that's kind of a more that's a very egregious case but i mean if you look at the way that if an innocent person gets shot, like, you know, they, how they reported on Trayvon Martin after Trayvon Martin got killed and Fox news talking, like criticizing the way that he was dressed, right. The, the Miami Herald, uh, it talked about his prior suspension, somehow dug that up. Like that was a relevant thing. Um, it's making the value of these people conditional on their past behavior. Absolutely. And, not on the fact that they're a human being that's made in the image of God. Exactly. And, and, and this idea of the perfect victim, the flip side of this is that, you know, reporting on, on different stories. Uh, so if you remember Ahmed Muhammad, the clock kid, the kid that built that clock yeah, in yeah, Texas yeah, yeah, yeah. and they thought it was mm-hmm. a bomb. And so, right. So in kind of talking about why this was bad, that this kid got suspended and like taken out of school for this thing that he didn't do, they cited the fact that he wanted to go to MIT that he forgave the school and the police mm. for doing it as if that was the reason why yeah. we should look at this as a bad thing. And if you look at the way that, you know, politicians, the way the media talks about dreamers, 
Yeah. Um, and, and how they were brought here by no fault of their own, so they shouldn't be held, yeah. you know, they shouldn't be punished in this way. Um, basically, when these, when these things happen, the media needs to either justify or not justify this person's rights, these per- this person's life being violated yeah. based. It's conditional. Absolutely. It's conditional, one, on their color, but it's conditional, two, on their, their past behavior. And at the end of the day, that's unbiblical. Yeah. And that's really like like a logical conclusion of this idea of, of human rights being based on something like capacities or, or something that's conditional. Like, like ultimately, like you're going to need reasons to justify people's rights being violated. But at the end of the day, what scripture says is that these people are made in the image of God. And their life is valuable no matter yeah. what they did. It's literally irrelevant, their police record from 10 years ago. Like, it is literally not an issue if they were shot for no reason. Yeah, yeah same thing. I remember Mike Brown. And when Mike Brown was killed by the police officer, uh, they were talking about, oh, well, he was a thug. And he, yeah, New York Times said he was no angel. He was no angel. And he just robbed a store beforehand. And... It's this idea that because you did bad things, you are you're becoming less and less valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Your your intrinsic worth is is going away. And, um, I would con- conversely to that, when you do quote unquote good things, right, you should be cared about more. You should be um, given more value. Yeah, if you're a pillar to society, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I don't want to downplay the fact that we we love the fact like when someone has really touched us and done great for the community, like when they died sad because you feel like there was this great yeah, light. It's a benevolent thing yeah, to to, you know what I mean? to like, want to defend them in that way. Exactly. Like I don't want to I don't want to say that there's no like reason when you know someone has who has blessed us in a tremendous way is no longer with us. We want to reminisce on the how they of were, course, yeah. you know how they, how they did all these great things, yeah, right? Yeah. But the reality is, they were valuable before they did all that. Mm-hmm. They had dignity before they did all that. Yeah. The opposite of that is when someone does wrong, their image doesn't go away. Yeah. It's by virtue of the fact that you've been created human, you have it. So we must respect people regardless of what they've done right so you know and, and so that's huge um, we see this playing out all the time it, it really does hurt me you know when someone gets killed you know black person gets shot whatever let's let's get all the facts right and when you start hearing that let's get all the facts it's like okay what did he do to deserve the fact that he got killed, right? There's this looking for a justification. It's like, yes, no, somehow you know, the way this person was dressed yeah. or, you know, yeah. their prior, something yeah. from five months yeah, ago, yeah, 10 yeah. months ago, their best. Yeah, and it's interesting to, to, to think about why we do that. I don't want to, you know, go down a rabbit trail. I think a lot of that is evil, but I think a lot of that is we don't want to come to the conclusion that, yes, terrible things happen to good people. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, um, we still have to love people that we don't like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. something in the human heart doesn't want to do that, mm-hmm. so we try to. Once, when, when someone innocent gets killed, we want to, you know, justify it or, or whatever we do to try to make it better. No, it's the ugly truth, right? And yeah. people have value, whether we whether the, their behavior sort of connotates that or not, right? Just because someone begins to act subhuman doesn't mean that they're no longer human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They yeah. may they may begin to do things that, you know, is 
is not a truly human way to live, but that's what repentance is for. That's what you know restoration is for. They they have not lost their humanness, yeah, because they are acting out in ways that we see as, as subhuman, yeah, right, yeah. And so this idea of the image of God, it, it's unconditional, it's universal, and at the end of the day, it's 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 hard to make a moral argument for human rights without it. Yeah. And, and with it, you have great resources to be able to do that. Um, now we can live this on a real macro level. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I, I know you got a bunch <laughs> of things to say about this, but we're all guilty of, yeah. of violating the image of God in people. Yeah. And, and it could get, it, it's not just a macro societal structural yeah. Yeah. thing, but it's a personal thing too. Exactly. You know, so I, I don't want anyone to to listen to this podcast and say, "Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's for the people who say all lives matter, and that's for the justice system." And that, no, it's all of us. We've all participated in uh, degrading the value of other people. Mm. I think of a couple of things. One, how do you treat people you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. Do we talk about justice issues on Facebook or do we march? And those are all good things, right? But then do we turn around and we go home and we, we bless our roommate? Right. Do we, do we hate on our ex? Do yeah. we... Come on. Do we, Come like, on. Dis- hate on your dis- ex. Come on. <laughs> on my ex. Do, do we denigrate our family? Like, really, um, that's the beautiful thing about this idea of the image of God is that it's so vivid. It's yeah. so all-encompassing that Absolutely. it's not just going to animate the way that you see justice and, and issues like that but it's going to animate the way that you treat your neighbor literally yes. your neighbor that's right next to you that's being annoying that's like yes. not acting you know <laughs> i love what you said because it's almost like one tweet will be black lives matter and fight for justice and the next tweet will be screw so-and-so f so-and-so yeah. What that? What that? James, read that james verse again. yeah right i mean let's 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 go back to what what, what james said right he um, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and and with it we curse human beings who have been made in the image of God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, brothers. This should not be mm-hmm. right. Um, and I love James, like I said before, he gets right to the heart. He he's calling us out personally. We have to be very watchful in the way that we are treating one another. Right. Another another thing I think about it. I think about hip hop culture. Mm. Love hip hop. Right, but much of the lyrics, you know, I mean, there's certain genres of hip hop that are more positive or Christian, even. Um, but a lot of lyrics are very abusive, right? Um, towards women <laughs> in, in, in various ways, right? Um, and another thing, right? How do we deal with diss tracks, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. I love me a good diss track. I was <laughs> I was front and center for for Drake versus um, you know Meek Mill and Drake versus Pusha T. But what James is saying is true, right? Like to to use your words to tear another person down, that's downgrading the image of God. So Pusha T and Drake were in 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 some. I respect, love that so much too, man. Oh my gosh, they're downgrading the image Yo, of God. That, that, I'm. Get, I got so happy when Pusha T. I'm sorry. I know you're a Drake fan, man. I'm a Drake fan. I'm I, Pusha I just, uh, Yo, listen, man. Don't W freestyle was hot though. I don't care. He got a, got a couple of good shots in, but yeah, I, I get it. 
But but I say this because this is a real wrestle, right? And sometimes I think, you know, I, I don't claim to know the mind of God. I'm not I don't claim to be a prophet. But just going off of what I know scripture says, <laughs> sometimes I wonder if God sits back and just looks at just his own people mm. and says, What are you what are you praising? What are you mm. what are you happy about? You know, um this insults and humiliation and a degradation of the image of God mm. taking taking place right now mm. and you're celebrating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something we have to think about. Yeah. Something we have to wrestle with, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not someone that says get out of culture and don't enjoy culture and you know, never listen to a rap song again. But we we have to be conscious at the very at the very least. Watch what you are celebrating. You know what Process I mean? it. Be you know actually be discerning. Are you being consistent? Yeah. Are you being consistent? Right. Yeah. And so that's that's a very real thing. Another thing: loving your enemies. Right. I think the very basis for why Jesus says love your enemies is uh, bless, do not curse, is to uphold the image of God in your enemies. Mm. And so I'll say this, a thing I personally struggle with, obviously Trayvon Martin was killed um, back in, I believe, 2012. And there's a, there's a new documentary um, coming out uh, about him soon. Jay-Z's behind that. I, I remember everything surrounding that and post that with George Zimmerman and how we were grieved over the fact that this man had killed this boy and got away with it. And there's no doubt that many, many people would be happy if George Zimmerman were to be killed, shot and killed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I might take some pleasure in that. It may sound terrible, but some part of me feels like, God, ah, you got what you deserve, right? But I think that the calling of Scripture is to leave vengeance in the hands of the Lord, is to recognize that God will judge Right is to have faith in divine justice. Right, not listen. Not saying that we should not have fought to see George Zimmerman get justice in this life, but because the court systems, in our opinion, in my opinion, failed to give justice to Trayvon, uh, I think to want to see any harm come to. Uh, George Zimmerman would be to denigrate the image of God in George Zimmerman as a quote unquote our enemy, right? As someone that we would we would think would deserve some sort of punishment for what he did to Trayvon. Uh, how much faith do you have that God saw and God will judge rightly and accurately, mm. right? Um, loving your enemies is not saying, therefore hoping that your enemies see no justice, but it's recognizing that God is the one that will give justice right in due season so i think that's another very key thing that we wrestle with that uh, the image of god and upholding the image of god uh, has to be core too so it's it's seeking justice but it's also all these relational things it's how we're thinking about our brother it's how we're loving our sister it's how we're forgiving the people who have harmed us you know what yeah, i mean so. yeah and that's that's so rich too because we are honoring the image of God in people when we hold them accountable to, yeah. to standards of justice too. Um, you know, we are honoring the image of God in leaders 
when leaders, when people in power act like devils. Yeah. And and we're honest about it. Yeah. That honest. So, it, I mean, God is holding them to a higher standard. And, and just as you said, you know, God, uh, you know, the image of God in them means that, that they're managers of this earth. And to even hold them accountable to living justly is something that honors the image of God in them. And when we just gloss over the fact that they do wrong, it doesn't honor, it actually doesn't honor the image of God in them. It's cheap, it's cheap grace. Absolutely. Because to be made in the image of God is to represent God, and God is holy and righteous, right? And so we are to act holy and righteous. And so when we are participating in oppression or co-signing oppression, we're falling short of that calling. Yeah. Fighting for justice and beholding people accountable to justice is saying, walk according to the standard that has been given to you based on the fact that you've been made in God's image, yeah. which is to be righteous, to mm. be holy, right? So this is another, it's a very good point of, of, of why we don't just simply ignore these issues is because it's, it's again, subhuman, right? Um, because if our humanness is based on God's divine character and nature, to be unrighteous or participate in righteousness is to be subhuman at that point. Man, that's good, man. That's good. And so, you know, as a podcast, I mean, we literally have image in our name. It's city image. <laughs> we're going to be talking about, no, but like, you know, we're going to be talking about justice issues. We're going to be talking about issues uh, that are kind of like hot button societal issues um, and what have you. Uh, but man, we just feel like this gives a basis for it yeah. all. Like, we got to give we a foundation from? for why we're um, even we're talking not just about talking this. about this stuff because it's because it's popular. We're not just talking about yeah. this stuff because it's like a, a soapbox that we want to yeah. get up on. But we're talking about this stuff because it's close to God's heart. Absolutely, you know, that's good stuff, man. Well, this is it, man. This is our uh, triumphal uh, reentry back into the game, man. City Image is here. This is Brian Theological Giant signing this is off. Young Nassau County. All right, guys. See you guys in the next one. Campion. Yeah, Southside, 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 Southside